I'm Jacob King. I'm Joshua Best. And this is Somebody Somebody Else's else's Favorite favorite Songs. We're taking a look at the greatest singles of the rock and roll era. 45s that were spun by people on record players from the early 50s on up until their disappearance into the 80s and 90s. These are the 45s that created the rock and roll of the United States. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? Hello, like before, it's been a while. Hello, is it me you're looking for? (laughs) Anyway, all that is to say, hello everyone. Greetings. This is episode number five of our... Off week mini series, classic forty fives. Welcome back. We got another couple of singles to discuss for you, and it's Jacob's turn to go first. What do you bring to us this week? So I bought a guitar recently. Ah, a uh, Fender Stratocaster. A lovely friend, Fender oh, Stratocaster, cool. and it sounds great. Just one guitar I bought. I know that's not very impressive, but just one guitar, and uh, it's pretty cool. I'll leave out the details because unless you are into guitars, this may not mean anything to you, but it's distinctive. It's kind of based on uh, the type of Strat you could get in the late 60s into the 70s. It's an American Strat. It is an American Strat. I'm very happy about that. That's a big deal. Inexpensive guitars are generally foreign-made, and American guitars are something special. And to be able to get your hands on one um, for a a relatively affordable price is is a big deal. Very happy to own it. but I was looking at the guitar, and it has a specific shape of the headstock, which is distinctive to people who know strats. And uh, like I said, it's from that certain time period, and I was thinking, you know, there's a couple of guitar players out in history who are known for playing those type of guitars. Uh, three that I can think of is Jimi Hendrix, who played um, late 60s strats, mm-hmm. uh, most notably. Also, uh, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, another guitarist that is known for playing this type of uh, guitar is a guy called The Edge mm-hmm. from a band called U2. U2. And here lies, uh, my story comes around to, yes, my song for you is a song by U2 called New Year's Day. It's a single from 1983. Number two hit in Ireland, number 10 in the UK, and got some minor airplay in the United States. Let's hear it.
I would have thought you would have had a more disgusted reaction to me picking a U2 song. Well, I'm not disgusted by U2. I, I'm not a big fan. And in fact, I'm pretty indifferent. I, it's not like you picked Rush. I mean, I'd have just cleared the table off with everything if I'd have had to listen to another Rush song. But, you know, I'm very aware of, of New Year's Day. But it's like anything else with them. I'm just kind of indifferent about it. Well, I, I like the song. I, I like you too. And um, I really, I'm into music of different kinds. And this is something different. I mean, especially early on. Yeah. I'm not overly familiar. I'm not going to tell you that I'm a huge YouTube fan, overly familiar with every album. But as far as their greatest hits are concerned, um, I'm there. Yeah. And I like it. And um, the Edge's guitar playing is pretty cool. He definitely has a sound. I he mean, does. he's got a unique thing going on. You know when it's him. Layering those effects, you know, the delays and the the um, lots of echoey stuff, um, reverb and slapback, and you know, certainly creating a soundscape um, within a song. He's the only guitar. He's the only guitarist in that band. So he he handles all that on his own. I really like. I said I really like his playing and 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 buying that guitar made me think about, you know, he plays a guitar that looks almost exactly like this as his main guitar, so kind of revisiting U2 a lot, and the solo is really cool. It's yeah a great example of, um, like another guitarist, I really love Mike Campbell. He really plays for the song. Yeah. He's not an overly showy player at all, so I really appreciate that about him, and uh, he also plays uh, piano on this. What, what What is the origin of his stage name the edge uh supposedly it is i've read a couple of stories about it it's either the fact that he is sort of anti-social to the point where he doesn't like to get himself too emotionally invested or involved in things so that he's kind of like on the edge of things oh, okay also i think i've seen a story where it's like more like you would think he stays on the cutting edge of things do you think they his fellow bandmates call him the edge. I've wondered that. And you know, <laughs> I was actually going to mention as a joke that, you know, it's pretty weird when the, the names of the four guys in the band, uh, Bono, Bono the, edge, the edge, and then Adam Clayton <laughs> and Larry Mullen Jr. So. <laughs> you know, people could be confused and they might not realize Bono is pronounced Bono. They might, they might say Bono if they saw it, like Sonny Bono. <laughs> but the best was one time they were interviewing Jerry Jones. I think it was when they hosted the Super Bowl. I think you two played it. And Jerry Jones was talking about meeting him, and he said, we're very big fans of Bono. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think of that, and I'll always call him Bono. That's funny. Uh, this song was originally supposed to be like a love song to Bono's wife, but it turned into something a little more political. Um, related, imagine that. Imagine that, yeah. Uh, having to do with the Solidarity Movement, which, to make a long story short, um, during this time, Poland, as had been the case for a couple of decades, were a communist country, and there was this um, movement, it, Solidarity. Uh, it's a it's a trade union that was founded in 1980, and there got to be 10 million members of this trade union. They initially weren't recognized by mm -hmm. Poland, by the state, 
and they attempted to impose martial law and do, did lots of subversive things to get rid of this group. But eventually they brought Were they about. after their lucky charms? No. Okay. This is Poland, not Ireland. Well. So, they, I mean, I guess it was lucky. You too is Ireland. <laughs> well. Anyway. Aren't they Irish? Yeah. Okay, they're after but, their lucky charms. But, I mean, the Polish people weren't after their lucky charms. They were after freedom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Under a blood-red sky, a crowd has gathered in black and white, arms intertwined, the chosen few. The newspaper says, it's true, it's true, and we can break through. Although torn in two, we can be one. And the printing noise in the background, thanks to Robin. <laughs> Those, my, those those words weren't in the song. My, my darling wife has decided to print something while we're sitting here. That's okay. <laughs> recording. Uh, anyway, good song. And, of course, it would not be long before you two burst onto the international scene with their album Joshua Tree. Put them on the map, and they had a string of five or six number one albums. And then everybody was after their Lucky Charms. Yes, they were magically delicious. <laughs> They got so big that, you know, as we've discussed just last week, um, Bono and The Edge were... Um, Buno. Buno and The Edge were on Roy Orbison's album, Mystery Girl. That's right. Wrote, wrote a, a song or two for him and produced the song that he recorded. So, anyway, U2 for you. All right. Pretty well, cool. That's the first U2 song we've played. Yes, it is. And I think this will be the first song by this particular band that, that we've played. Okay. So. I am going to play you something from a band that started out as a British blues band and truly reinvented themselves, oh, but not Fleetwood before. Mac, yeah, okay. not before having a, a an influential uh, hit with a song called Albatross, an instrumental, which we're going to do an episode about instrumentals sometimes. But in this case, um, of course, the band Fleetwood Mac. Named after <laughs> Mick Fleetwood and John McVie, the bassist and drummer, respectively, uh, going to re reinvent themselves, and they get a hold of a copy of an album called Buckingham Nicks, where this boyfriend and girlfriend, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, Lindsey's the guy, Stevie's the girl. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Just so we're clear. But you all knew that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but they get a hold of this album, which nobody can find. Like, it's supposed to be great. I've never heard it's it. It's out of print. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And it's like a big collector's item. I would love to hear it. And they reinvent themselves and become one of the biggest bands of the 70s. Maybe it's because on the cover of that album, Stevie, um, she spent the equivalent of $600 for this some shirt she wanted to wear, and they, they made her take it off. Yes. That maybe, maybe that's why it's out of print. Perhaps. <laughs> Um, I don't Random know, but I would certainly you. like to hear it, and I don't know of anywhere that it's available. But uh, the song we're going to look at today is not a song from Lindsey Buckingham or Stevie Nicks. It's a song from John McVie's wife at the time, who is, Ooh. of course, the other lead vocalist of in a band with three of them. And a very uh, good keyboard player. And a very player. good keyboard player. That's Christine McVie. And it was, I believe, the fifth single from what's really their debut album because it's a different band. Even though they didn't change the name, they're still called Fleetwood Mac. Their their '75 release, Fleetwood Mac, is is their first album, and this is Christine McVie's number eleven hit, "Say You Love Me." Oh, I love this song.
I'm really shocked, honestly, as much as we both love Fleetwood Mac, that it's been, I don't think we've even had a single mention of I don't know that we have. I don't recall that there's been any mention of them. I know we haven't had a song feature. And I love Fleetwood Mac. They are so great. This this is, as I said, Christine McVie's song. It's another example of a a woman that sings in a register that I can sing with. Yeah. So I'm really <laughs> fond of it. And her and Stevie both. Her and Stevie and Lindsay all kind of sing in the same range. And they just make wonderful harmonies. They do. man. They when, sing so well together. It's I, unreal. I think one of those episodes of the Deconstructed podcast has Lindsay Buckingham with Go Your oh, really? Own Way. Yeah. And it's it's really, really good because you get to hear the vocals isolated. Mm-hmm. And it's just this... Ri- those three people make the greatest sound. And I think that... They talk about that song because there's a, a documentary show called Classic 45s. Well, no, it wouldn't it wouldn't be Go Your Own Way because that was on Rumors. Yeah, They classic did an albums. episode on that, yeah. This classic is Classic albums. 45s. Did I say that, Classic 45s? You did. 45? See, on a previous episode, I <laughs> said, said Classic Albums, but I meant Classic 45s. <laughs> Who do I think I am? Who knows? Anyway. Well, so I had, uh, of course, this is a, a fine, fine song, and... I had, but I had ulterior motives in in selecting. Yeah, and it. I realized during the song, <laughs> how dare he not tell me? So next week, I wouldn't have picked no you too. <laughs> next week we have an episode coming up for you in our regular episode series. It'll be um, episode number twelve. We don't have a title for it yet, and and it, but it has to do with. Uh, country instruments used in rock songs. And of course, the banjo is prominently featured on this song. So I decided to be a great big cheater because we've already recorded that episode. And I wanted to get a sixth banjo song in. So I selected this one. It's basically, you've turned this into a preview. In a bit, uh, a bit. Back a few episodes ago, we we released some like 10-minute episodes that we called previews. And it was about... Here's a sneak peek, so to speak, right. of the episode coming next week. But the trick is, it's actually not one of those songs. It's a different one. Yeah. And uh, my mom didn't like those. So that's why we quit doing it. <laughs> because Annette didn't like yes, them? Yes, yes. <laughs> but. I think I think a big part of the problem is people didn't realize the content was different. Yeah, Joel, he uh, wouldn't listen to it because he didn't, he didn't he want He thought they be, were excerpts and he didn't want it spoiled. So. But that wasn't the case. But, anyway, you so, live, you learn. I, I'm sort of. I'm sort of going back to that a little bit in selecting this for classic 45s. You should have told me. Uh, but well, you figured it out. So, no no problem, but yes, yeah, say that uh, say you love me again, number 3 hit oh, about man. the fifth uh, single release from their wonderful debut album and the B-side of this was the great Lindsey Buckingham composition Monday Morning. Love, love Monday song. Morning. So, you what know, a great song. Fleetwood Mac. You know, it's something that I have loved Fleetwood Mac for a long time. Um, back when I was interested in records and record collecting, uh, my Mimi and Pop, that's my mom's parents, they, they have a, a quite a large collection of records. And um, they're really, it, probably all my Pops, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, almost exclusively the, like the 50s and 60s country standards and uh-huh. the, the country and lots of Waylon and Willie. Actually, he let me take home a bunch of Willie Waylon and the Boys, a bunch of mm-hmm. Outlaw Country records. That's that was the genesis of my record collection. Really, but standouts from his record collection: Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. 
Yeah. He, my pop, is a big Fleetwood Mac fan, and uh, he turned me on to them, if I remember correctly. He didn't let me take those albums, <laughs> but uh, he, he let me listen to you them. You have them by now, surely. I do, yeah. yeah I have each both, of them. I've got both Fleetwood Mac. I think I've got like two or three copies of Rumors. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> but why not? I mean, it's one of the best-selling albums they of all time. They are very, very, very fine albums. They, they're really great, and you know, really when you talk about the big acts of the 70s, you know, Fleetwood Mac is right at the top of that list, along with Eagles, Joel. Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. And um, and certainly Steely Dan, as far as album sales, those are kind of your your three really big yeah. 70s rock acts. And so this is a single, again, from Christine McVie, Say You Love Me, featuring the banjo. Look out for what's coming next week. You know, I almost picked the chain for that episode because uh-huh. it has Dobro in it. Yes, and Dobro could certainly be... Uh, a country instrument but in this case it's it's the the banjo and of course Lindsay plays it along with an electric guitar and acoustic guitar and a 12 string guitar well that's that's another band where where um Lindsay buckingham is the sole guitarist you, you make no mistake that dude is underrated he is he is a he, fine player he is has such a ridiculous amount of genius it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I I hate that in in some circles Fleetwood Mac gets reduced to being a soft rock band because there's so much more than that. They are. But I mean this is you call this a soft rock song. It would certainly fit on the yacht rock playlist. Oh, you know, there you go, bingo. Bingo players. square. <laughs> X, mark that <laughs> off. But the the fact is he is just a brilliant, brilliant musician and and really plays in a unique style and a unique way he never uses a pick and doesn't use a pick that's right that's all the more incredible kind of just grabbing at the street watching him play looks very uncomfortable to me i cannot my guitar playing is limited as it is but i cannot play guitar with my fingers he just grabs at the strings but it's it comes across great and you hear something like the work he does on a song like big love it's just mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. There's In vir- virtu- virtuosity. Uh, That's what he is. Lindsay is a great, great player, and I think among, uh, if I made a list of underrated guitarists, he's going to be right up there. And you've got one that's kind of up there too. Mike Everybody Campbell. talks about Buno, but you know, you know, the Edge is a very innovative mm-hmm. player. Yeah, so, and I think Mike Campbell too is underrated. Uh, he's very underrated, especially as someone who plays the song and doesn't overplay. Exactly. I've always been a fan of those. You know, I'm impressed by what a Steve Vai or an Eric Johnson can do, and that's great. And I like some of that stuff, Eric Johnson in particular. Mm-hmm. But what I really like is a guy who serves the song. And yeah. Mike Campbell's one of those, and Lindsey Buckingham is definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Which, when in the ongoing Fleetwood Mac drama a couple of years ago, Lindsey Buckingham gets kicked out of Fleetwood Mac Again. He seems to be kind of a jerk, actually. They Outside replaced of... they replaced him with yeah, I was about among to say, others Mike, Mike Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> yeah, they replaced him with Mike Campbell and also the the name of the man who was the lead singer of Crowded. House. Yeah, the Crowded House guy, a Neil. Um... Neil, yeah. Oh goodness. He plays some rhythm guitar, but uh, I was just about to mention that it seems that uh, Lindsey Buckingham is a bit of a jerk, but Neil I, Finn. I, Neil Finn. Yeah. I've also seen that, I think I read somewhere that some of the members are open to reuniting again. So, Mick Fleetwood just said in the last 
in the last couple of weeks, I think, that he wants to do one more tour okay. and that he wants everybody in. Now, he had said that they would never play with Lindsey Buckingham again. But look, the five of them played. Lindsey left. The four of them played. Stevie left. It was down to the three of them. Lindsey came back. Stevie came back. Christine retired. Christine came back. I mean, they've been doing yeah, this for 40 years. You know. But Mick Fleetwood now said he would like to do a Fleetwood Mac tour that includes everyone who's ever played in Fleetwood Mac. Of course, Peter Green, the original founder, is dead he's, now. Yeah, he's... But that's that's what he would like to do. And, I mean, there's a paycheck in it. And maybe maybe Lindsay's mellowed. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they've mellowed. But Lindsay, Lindsay had a heart attack last year and yeah. was was quite ill, but is better. Um, I've never seen Fleetwood Mac. We, if they toured again, we well, know. Yeah, yeah. I always said because it kept when I had opportunity, it kept being when it wasn't th- those five people, Someone and I'm like, change. I only want to go see those five people. I mean, it's fine when they do "Say You Love Me" without Christine, and she's not there, and Lindsay and Stevie sing it, but I want to hear Christine sing it. You know, I don't want to hear other people sing those songs. I want those yeah. people to sing those songs. I mean, like you said, at the end of the day, that would be a massive paycheck. But, and ultimately, um, that gets the job done, doesn't so, it? So, I mean, not to mention that Mick Fleetwood is, he's the leader. He's the yeah. leader, and he's the glue that always kept them together because, you know, none of them ever got along, it seems like. When you read about recording certain albums and how they just almost never got along, it seemed like. Yeah. Or well, certain certain elements of, of well, that five. Well, they're all interdating yeah. for, for a family show. And I mean, that's what rumors is all about. The tumultuous relationships between all of them. Yeah. And you can find out more about that on that, uh, classic albums. You can, it, you know, and you know, nowadays people are whining in their songs and everything. Well, they were writing songs at each other and singing them at each other on stage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's pretty hardcore. I mean, how could, how could five people who, you know, certain elements of them did not get along. How could they make such beautiful music? Mm-hmm. It's and pretty, it's it's mind-blowing, really, to think about that. It is, but it it works. So that was Say You Love Me by Fleetwood Mac with a banjo. And New Year's Day by U2. And I just want to say that I would have included a song that was more on theme for next week's episode, but Josh didn't tell me. So anyway, that's how it goes. <laughs> I wanted it to be a surprise, but the audacity of of my planning. The nerve. (laughs) The nerve. (laughs) So, I hope you enjoyed those songs and enjoyed hearing that little bit of banjo. There's more coming next week when we'll bring you our next full episode, episode number 12. But until then, I'm Josh. I'm Jacob. And this has been Somebody Somebody Else's else's Favorite favorite Classic 45. We're going to do that again. (laughs) Why do we always get this wrong? We? We. (laughs) Yes, we do. Um, Here we go. I have been Josh. I'm Jacob. And this is Somebody Somebody Else's Else's Favorite favorite Classic classic 45s. 45s.